So, we are going to talk today. How many, how many of you, most of you are too young for this, but I remember being a kid, being in a Toys R Us, Toys R Us store, and it seemed like one of the really coolest places in America. Like, Toys R Us was a happening place. And did you all hear the news that this past week, Toys R Us is going out of business? They will be no more. And, I mean, it's seemed that way for a while, if you've been in a Toys R Us store. But it just, it made me think about things that can seem so, so flourishing or so successful, oftentimes aren't. And there was another thing this past week that, that had, by all appearances, looked, looked like it was solid and good. Did you hear about the pedestrian bridge in Miami? That they were, they were still working on it. It wasn't completed yet, but it collapsed and six people died. And it just it made me, th- it's tragic, obviously, and they were trying to get to the bottom of, okay, well, how did that happen? What happened? Like, this, these are professional engineers. It's like a, I think, $11 million project. Like, there's, there are a lot of experts and money and resources going into this structure. It was a pedestrian bridge over a, a busy road in Miami connecting to Florida International University. But something went wrong, and it collapsed and people died. And we're actually going to look this morning at some teachings of Jesus from the Sermon on the Mount that talks about what does it take to have a life that lasts and has impact and true significance over the course of time. And so we're looking at the Sermon on the Mount. You you will be happy to know that today you're going to hear the greatest sermon ever preached. Not because of anything smart I'm going to say, but because we're going to read the words of Jesus from this really great sermon that, that he preached. So, look with me at Luke chapter 6, starting in verse 43. And there, we're going to look at, this is a, there are actually a, a lot of different topics in, in this Sermon on the Mount. We're just going to look at two short sections um, at the end of Luke chapter 6, starting in verse 43. So, first section talks about this. Jesus is talking, he says, No good tree bears bad fruit, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. Okay, think about that. We're talking about what what leads to a life that that has impact, that that is successful, that lasts, that endures, that has something fruitful in this analogy here. What is the difference? It says, no good tree produces bad fruit, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. Each tree is recognized by its own fruit. People do not pick figs from thorn bushes or grapes from briars. A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart, and an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. Okay, let me ask you a couple questions this morning, expecting an answer. So... What, just what stands out to one or two people, what stands out to you in this passage about good trees, bad trees, good fruit, bad fruit? What, what, what jumps out to you in that? Mitchell. Uh, I like that it, what sticks out to me is um, a good man brings good things out of the good store up in his heart. So yeah. he continually has it. It's not like he's always empty and so uh-huh. he has to be filled with something. Yeah. He has that storage just to be able to give it away. Uh-huh. Excellent. You all hear that? 
Yeah, so there's a storage, there's, there's a reservoir of good that's been somehow put into a good person's heart, and he's able to draw out of that. Yeah, Jehu. There's no way to fake it. Yeah, so true, right? Would you like to elaborate on that? Yes. Yeah. You can't fake it. Whatever is your true nature, it's ultimately going to come out. And this is really one of the differences between the teachings of Jesus and Christianity and every other religion and philosophy. You can go to any bookstore and um, even some Christian bookstores and find a lot of self-help books where all the focus is on external actions and behavior. The idea is, if you just do these things, if you do the right behavior, you'll be successful. And that's mostly, that's how the world thinks, right? It's all on the externals. If we, if we just do, the, do enough good, just choose right choices, then you'll have good results. But this is radically different than that. This says, it don't matter if you try to do good stuff, if you're a rotten tree, or if you're a, the thorn bush, or whatever. It's you cannot fake it. There it has everything to do with the nature of the individual. And it's so, and this is kind of, you know, the the title here is is two kinds of people. And this is not very politically correct, but there are, this doesn't say like, hey, you know, you're a, some people are apple trees, but they have bad days. And then they're thorn bushes, thorn trees. No, it says, you're, an, you're a good tree or a bad tree. You have a good nature or a bad nature. It's one or the other. Now, isn't that, that's pretty radical, right? That doesn't, this doesn't, that's rather offensive. Um, of, unless you just think, well, of course, I'm the person with a good nature. And I know those other people out there. They're with a the bad nature. But the, I mean, the, the, but the craziness of the gospel is it tells us that we actually all start out as bad trees. We're born under the power of sin. We're born with a nature that is corrupt. And we, as hard as we may try, we cannot produce good fruit out of the nature that we're born with. And how many of you like, have tried, or remember, maybe you know that your nature has changed now, but you remember trying before your nature changed. Yeah, it's like, man, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to turn over a new leaf. I'm going to change my behavior. And Try as you may, nothing happens. And so, everything that we do comes out from who we are. It's not the externals that matter, ultimately. It's the internals. And, you know, that's the, the good news of the gospel, is that Jesus became one of us, became a human, and died on the cross so that he could take our sin nature upon him, and that's what he took on the cross, not just... Not only did he take the, the consequences of our actions, but he actually, the Bible says, he became sin. So he became a bad tree. His, his very, in that sense, you know, he was still God, but he, he became sin. It, he, just as we, it, he, he took that upon himself so that we could become the righteousness of God. And so Christianity is, 
not trying harder, but it's trusting in Jesus to take away our sin nature and give us a new nature. And then the good sort of starts to flow naturally. And isn't that great? Those of us who have become Christians, it's like, wow, like something changed. Like, I used to, like, be under the power of lying. I couldn't stop lying as much as I tried. But when I gave my life to Jesus, something changed. And now I, I want to tell the truth. I love the truth. And it's not that I'm trying to go against my nature anymore. Um, so that's, that's the essence of this is that it's about, as John Griffith talked about a few months ago, it's about the who, not the do. It's about who we are, not what we do. And the second key point from this, just so I just want to hit on, is that we have to know that Jesus is a Savior. That we need a Savior. And not just a Savior, like a lot of times we make that, that concept smaller than it really is, but the word salvation in the New Testament is sozo, the Greek word. And sozo means not just like forgiving your sins, but it's a transformation of our whole being. It's a deliverance. It's a coming into the fullness of the person we were meant to be. That's what salvation is really all about. And so we need a Savior. Jesus is a Savior. He's the one who changes us and helps us become fully who God made us to be. Um, any thoughts or questions about this? And you're going, yeah, but what about this? Anything like that? Yeah. Yeah. So it's hugely important that we have a personal understanding that I am or was a bad tree. And until we come to that place, we can never become a good tree. We can never produce good fruit. We have to first have an honest assessment of this is where I'm at. And then we see our need for someone to change us beyond ourselves. And that's when we can turn to Jesus, repent of our old life, turn away from it, and say, Jesus, I trust you and what you did on the cross to take away my sin and give me a new nature. And then in that moment, our nature has changed. We become a, a new creation. Yeah? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. So whatever is coming out of our mouth, that shows what's in our heart. And I don't want to highlight this this morning, but there is a reality that even when we get a new nature, we no longer have a sin nature, but we do have what the Bible calls our flesh. And that's our old habits, our old thought patterns, our old desires, there is, we do have a new nature, and the, the core of us wants to please God more than anything else. But there is also this, this flesh 
that there is those old habits and desires and ways of living that still hang around. And the process of walking with Jesus is the process of, of putting to death those things and trusting God to, to change us and change our habits, change our thought patterns, change our emotions, change the way that... So there is, and the more that we do things like read the Bible, meditate on God's Word, worship God, um, obey Him, we are storing up more of God's righteousness in our heart. And that will overflow more and more in our words as well. So, good tree, good fruit. All right, that's, that's our first, that's kind of our, uh, you know, we have to have, it's interesting that he starts with, in this, these two stories we're going to look at are connected together. So the first part is, you know, good fruit comes out of having a new nature, and that requires a Savior who changes us. Um, so continuing on in Luke 6, I close my Bible, so I've got to find it again. Verse, very next verse, verse 46. Jesus says this, he says, Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? So, it's interesting that first he talks about, hey, you have to have a Savior. And a lot of American Christianity understands Jesus as a Savior, but it's not enough to know Jesus as a Savior. We also have to know Him as our Lord. And not just in words, but in reality. And so Jesus says, hey, why do you use the word Lord of me, but you don't obey me? You don't do what I say, because that's what it means for me to be Lord. So he, building upon this foundation of Savior and new nature is, okay, now this is how we're supposed to live. How, how to live, live a life that lasts. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? As for everyone who comes to me and hears my words and puts them into practice, I will show you what they are like. They are like a man building a house who dug down deep and laid the foundation on rock. This is the person who hears Jesus' words and puts them into practice in their life. Someone building a house who digs down deep and lays the foundation on the rock. When the flood came, the torrent struck that house but could not shake it because it was well built. But the one who hears my words and has not put them into practice is like a man who built a house on the ground without a foundation. The moment the torrent struck that house, it collapsed, and its destruction was complete. Okay, what stands out to you about that analogy of Jesus? Two houses. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, do you see what he's saying? <laughs> yeah, that's right. You got two people, and they're given the same instruction. One follows it, and they're that house built on a rock. It's solid. The other person gets the same instruction from Jesus, but doesn't follow it. Not mentioning any names or anything. But, but that person has a different result. Yeah. I like it, John. That's breaking it down. You should preach more often, man. <laughs> That's good. What else stands out? Yeah, Kanita. I also feel it like the foundation, it takes work. You have to create it. Uh-huh. 
Mm. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah, it does, and it's not fun work, right? Like digging. How much of you? How many of you've had to dig a big hole sometime? Uh, is that fun? That's like the, my least favorite job ever. Yeah, it's not fun. It's not sexy when you see a building being built. It's like, what are they? I thought they were going to build a building. It seems like they take forever on that foundational stage. It's like, man, what's, what's going on here? Like, I thought they were going to build something. And a lot of times that just, it's dirty, it's messy, it's dirt and concrete. It looks like nothing's happening, but it's a big chunk of time. And then a lot of times once they start building on that, it goes pretty quickly. So, yeah, but it's not, it's hard work and it's not the exciting, glamorous part. Yeah. 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 And then the time master of one step. Like, you know, like it builds and then the stone sticks. Yeah. Like builds, nobody saw the foundation and then it remains the foundation. Yes. That's, I'm going to come back to that. I think that's a really important point. Yeah, did you all hear that? You, you can't, if you, like, if you look at those two houses, the foundation is not visible. So if one of those houses is built on a rock, has a good foundation, and the other one isn't, you can't tell right now looking at that picture. They, look, they both look pretty good. But eventually, there's going to be a storm, and that's going to reveal what's underneath that house. Yeah, good. Anything else? Javon, I told, man, you're taking me up my word to preach more. Yeah, that's good. Do you all hear that? Good. Okay. Yeah, Tom. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Y'all hear that? Good. All right. Go ahead, Jehu. (laughs) (laughs) 
Patience, yeah, it's not something overnight. It takes takes a while. like preach this whole message for me, so I should do this every week. <laughs> I love it. That's great. Um, I just want to maybe kind of bring it together a little bit. It's kind of really a lot of the things you, we've already talked about, but it's so important that we realize that what our lives look like and the staying power of our life and the effectiveness of our life and the, the strength of our life has everything to do with after we have a new nature, have a Savior, has everything to do with how we follow and apply Jesus' teachings in our life. That makes the total difference about everything. It's, it's not our personality. It's not our family background. It's not our circumstances. It has everything to do with how do I follow and apply Jesus' teachings in my life. And a few of us were talking earlier this week about the question of, man, what do you think our lives would have looked like if we hadn't gotten saved? If we hadn't met Jesus and gotten a new nature, where would I be? And I've thought about this. I honestly think there's a very good chance I would be in prison right now. I, I remember before I became a Christian, I became a Christian as a, as a child, but I remember the level of rage and anger that would come up with inside of me. And I remember just like getting behind my, my sister, who's a year younger, and just pounding her back as hard, and just this, this like overcome with rage and anger, just hitting her as hard as I could and just overcome. And, I, and just that, that just being out of control. And I think, man, I, if I had, Jesus hadn't changed my heart, I remember getting saved and then saying, Jesus, will you please take away this anger? Like, I can't do this on my own. And he, like, I wasn't an angry person very much after that. Um, <laughs> my family now may disagree, but it's, it was a remarkable difference. But I think I easily could have seen myself being violent and ending up in prison. But it's interesting that most people don't. And we were, as we went around, we were mostly like, I think I would have been an alcoholic. I think I maybe would have been addicted to drugs. Like, we could see, maybe that's why we're Christians, because we were needy people who really saw our need for God. But a lot of people, don't, they don't go down those roads, but they may lead very successful appearing lives, like this house. But there is no foundation. And there's no real foundation. And, you know, oftentimes that only lasts for a little while. But sometimes, I mean, people are just so, so doggone amazing, because God made us in His image. Like, people really can take some of God's principles and take what he's put in them just as people, as humans, and do some pretty amazing things. And it reminds me of the story of the Tower of Babel when there were a group of people who said, man, like we're figuring out some technology. Let's build this tower and we'll reach the heavens and we'll make a name for ourselves. And God looked at that and he said, you know what? They're speaking the same language. They have the same purpose. 
They're on the same page. They're working together. They're using what I've given them. Not, as long as they live like that, nothing will be able to stop them. And they'll be able to do amazing things. And so he intervened and confused their language because you know, he had a greater purpose in mind. But it is amazing how much humans can accomplish that looks really amazing. But actually it is of no real value many times. And um, you know, I think of you know, Stephen Hawking died this past week. There's a lot happened this last week. I think of, man, that's a guy who he accomplished a lot. You know, he had a God-given intellect, and he had some scientific understanding, building upon God-given, you know, using God-given principles and truths that he did a lot. But at the end of the day, he was a militant atheist. He didn't believe in God. And his, I wouldn't want to be in his shoes right now. I'll just say that. And, you know, there, there is a reality of the kind of life that God has for us that, that does produce something of real value in the world, and that, that lasts beyond that. You know, Jesus said, um, I'm the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live, even though he dies. And that's the kind of, like, applying Jesus' teaching to our life and getting his life in us. There's a life that's greater than anything else. Um, yeah, the other reality, I think Tom said it, someone said it, a couple of you may have said it, just that I always notice in this story that it doesn't say, if a flood comes, that second house falls. It says, when the flood comes. And that's part of life. Floods come. Testing comes. Tough things come. Trials come. And the real thing we need to be building our life for is not, hey, what can my life look like when everything's going well? But how can I build my life on Jesus that's able to stand the stuff that that life's going to throw my way? I remember, just for most of my life, one of the biggest sort of back in my mind, thoughts of, like, I hope that never happens to me, was, man, I, the thing I would hope would never happen to me would be to have a child with a really big physical or mental disability. Like, that was like, man, that would be really hard. I'd be like, okay, God, I want to be in a place to handle that, but, God, would you, you know, just, I hope that never happens, but I see people that handle that, and God comes through, and it's amazing, but I remember thinking that, and then our daughter Anna has had some really big physical challenges over the last four years, and it's actually been like the greatest thing in, our, in my life, and I, the, in, as far as like really growing deeper in God, and, and building faith, and knowing what's real, and seeing the reality of what he had put in our lives, has been like, oh man, that's, that's pretty cool, to see that this stuff really works, that Jesus' word really works, and his teaching really works, and it gives us what we need. So, yeah, house built on the rock. Um, just want to throw in with a couple, just a couple of questions for us um, that we need to ask. Is one is, is, have I received a new nature? And we have to look at that as, do I have a new nature? Has Jesus changed my core to, to, to make me righteous, to make me one of his? Has, is there good that's coming out of me because of the miracle that God's done in the first place? So, am, have I received a new nature? Is Jesus my Savior? And then a second question related to that is, am I feeding that new nature? Or feeding my flesh? Am I feeding that, the, the true me? Am I putting God's word in my heart? Am I putting faith in my heart? Am I 
through prayer and fellowship and walking with God and His Word? Am I feeding that new nature so that that can develop and flourish? And then the next question is, am I basing my life and decisions on what Jesus says? Or a simple way to ask that is, is Jesus my Lord? As I'm looking at my decisions and I'm looking at moral situations in front of me, as I'm looking at life decisions, how do I go about that? Am I basing that on what I feel like or what is less scary or what I really want? Or am I saying, God, what do you want? How can I follow you and walk with him in that? So, yeah, like someone said, this is really just good stuff to really just chew on. And Okay, God, where is this, where is this applying in my life? I want to I see it apply more. Um, I want to just pray for us and ask God to help us. And we're actually going to worship God with one more song, too, as we continue. So, um, worship team, you can come on up as, as I pray. And we'll do that. Lord, I thank you that you give us the insight that we need to have a life that lasts, a life that flourishes, a life that bears fruit, a life that stands through whatever floods may come our way. God, I, I pray that if, if we're here this morning and we have a new nature, that you would just bring a greater awareness and confidence of that and a greater hunger to feed that nature. Lord, if, if we're here this morning and we've never turned from our sins and trusted Jesus, Lord, I pray that you would uh, trust you to bring that about. And if you're in that place, I just encourage you to say, Jesus, I know my nature is that of a sinner. I want to turn away from my sin and trust you to give me a new nature today. Give me your new life so that your good fruit will come out of my life. Lord, I pray that you would help all of us to, to be in a place of saying, not just calling you Lord, but calling you Lord and living with you as our Lord in a deep way, in a true way that affects all of our thoughts, all of our decisions, all of our actions. Lord, thank you for giving us a way to have a, a house that, that, that doesn't collapse, that lasts. Lord, we trust you to establish that in our life more and more. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you.